Hello, and welcome to Talking Taxes Hill Roundtable, a Bloomberg tax podcast where we discuss everything tax-related on the Hill. We'll sit down with the Daily Tax Report's Hill team to give you an in-depth look into the latest in legislative activity dealing with tax. I'm your host, Matthew Bedingfield, and I'm excited you're here with us today. Hello and welcome to Talking Tax, a Bloomberg tax podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bedingfield, and I'm here today with our Hill team for our Hill Roundtable. Today we have Ali Versperl, Stu Basu, and Laura Davison. Guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. The government is shut down. From what it seems right now, and it's 2.15 p.m., we've reached a deal to open the government back up, but I wanted to get your guys' take on what's going on and where we go from here. So who wants to take on the government shutdown? So it was basically sort of three days of, of Congress spinning their wheels. So funding for the government ran out January 19th, Friday night at midnight over the weekend. They met, they talked, and basically what looks like it's going to happen is, and this is about 2.15 p.m. on Monday afternoon, the House and the Senate both still need to vote on this. But they're going to do what they had originally planned, just push forward or push back, really, um, the the deadline for uh, the next where this funding will run out. So now it'll be February 8th instead of February 16th. There still will be an extension of the Children's Health Insurance Program for six years and um, on the tax side, a delay for three of the taxes funding the Affordable Care Act, the medical device tax, the um, tax, the fee, annual fee on health insurers and the Cadillac tax, which is that 40 percent excise tax on high cost health insurance plans. So those would be delayed. Um, and it's likely that those will never really come online. We haven't seen those. Uh, and they keep getting delayed and delayed and delayed. At some point, Congress will probably vote to repeal them, but uh, not in the in the short term. So Laura, this is essentially an extension till February 8th. So what do you see happening after February 8th? Are we in for another round of protracted talks and another possible shutdown? So that's very possible. Um, so the, the really the hot button issue here is, is immigration. Um, Democrats want some sort of uh, vote on the deferred action for childhood arrivals. These are the you know children brought here um, um, undocumented, but as children, uh, Republicans are, are hesitant to do that. The politics around that are very tricky. Um, so they've gotten d- Democrats have gotten commitment from Mitch McConnell that there will be some sort of immigration vote in the coming weeks. Um, though there's nothing really binding there, and if those talks don't go well, if negotiations fall apart, you we could see uh, this happen all again just in uh, in a couple more weeks. And, you know, I've been wondering at what point does Congress tire of just kicking the can down the road and having yet another extension. And when I talked to lawmakers last week, there was no clear answer. And, you know, it seems like this will keep on happening until they have an omnibus spending bill. Well, and I particularly, I think something that's interesting here is when you keep coming up onto these, um, you know, deadlines for these temporary deals is that it's not only the shutdown that affects these agencies, um, it's also the the planning for, for the shut, potential shutdown. So, you know, one to two days before this actually happens, um, a lot of resources at the IRS or other federal agencies are being spent um, preparing on what is the plan, you know, if a shutdown occurs, as opposed to, you know, maybe putting those resources to some other things. And I know that was a, an issue that was raised to me last week when talking to um, this group that represents a lot of um, employees at federal agencies. Now that makes a good point. You know, this is really the worst possible time for there to be a shutdown um, at the IRS. They um, are going into the filing season of February 8th. If there's another shutdown, they'll be, you know, in at that point in the filing season. Um, so busy times, they don't really have the uh, the bandwidth to have, you know, more than half of their workforce furloughed. So guys, let's shift the topic a little bit to something we've been talking about for, you know, a long time, tax reform. 
Now, first it was a tax bill, and now it's our tax law. Uh, you guys wrote some outstanding reports for Daily Tax Report, and I kind of want to delve into some of the topics we covered in those Outlook reports. Uh, let's start with you, Stu, and talk about the IRS restructuring and how the agency is going to be restructured in the wake of our new tax law. So I was talking to Congressman Vern Buchanan. He is the chairman of the Tax Policy Subcommittee on Ways and Means. And what he said was, behind-the-scenes dialogue is already happening. Treasury is involved. And this shutdown is was just a temporary blip. He hopes to have some kind of a bill ready in March or April. And this restructuring bill will follow what was laid out in the House GOP blueprint about two years ago. But besides that, um, you know, when I asked him about additional funding for the IRS to implement the tax law, he said he was open to ideas. That's the most that Republicans in Congress have said about increased funding for the IRS. And this is something they will have to tackle in the next two or three months as they get pressure to explain parts of this law and have uh, new guidance out. So how much is the agency going to be in trouble if they don't get the funding they desire in the wake of this new law? Well, they've been asked to do more with less for the last six years. And, uh, you know, some members of the House Freedom Caucus, for example, they, they want to know more about how the IRS works, you know, how their resources are used. So, you know, there will be some grilling here in committees where, you know, people will, people will be asked, like, how do you work? You know, what resources do you need and how do you plan to use them? So it will be an open-ended discussion. Uh, but remember, this is an election year also. The IRS is usually a very plump tar- target for the Republicans, and that will not change. So, Laura, you wrote on retirement education savings. How are those two items going to be impacted by our new tax law? So not very much. Uh, the tax law didn't do a whole lot to to address atire- retirement or education savings. Um, but this is something that Kevin Brady, who's the chairman of Ways and Means, um, has wanted to do and wanted to tackle in tax reform, but there just wasn't time. The staff didn't um, wasn't able to come up with a plan and didn't have political buy-in because both of those are can be politically touchy issues. So what Brady has said is, look, we're going to do tax reform every year, and these are going to be the two areas that we're going to reform this year in, in 2018. Um, he's been very vague so far about exactly how he wants to go about it. Um, generally, the way he's talking about it, he wants to go through and, and simplify all these different savings vehicles that are out there that all have different contribution limits, whether it's pre-tax or post-tax, how much you can put in, the IRS rules. And he's saying, look, let's just consolidate these down into a couple different offerings that have more consistent rules in between each of the various vehicles. Um, however, this could be a little tricky because people generally like the retirement vehicle, whether it's a 401k or a 403b or a Roth IRA or a regular IRA, they like the savings account that they have. And it doesn't really matter to them that the rules for other accounts are different. So that'll be the challenge for Brady as he goes forward and and tries to do the same with, uh, education savings, like 529 accounts, that sort of thing. How do you simplify it without making people angry? The other trick there too, is that there's no deadline to get this done. There's no pressing, um, requirement they have to do this. And as we're seeing, you know, right now today, Congress usually doesn't act until they're up on a deadline. And even then, sometimes they don't act. Uh, so they have a lot on their plate with IRS restructuring. Um, they need to do some technical corrections, most likely, to, to the new tax law. That'll be more pressing because a lot of these provisions will be coming online um, in 2019 or, or really 2018, but they need them for the 2019 filing season. So while this is something Brady says he wants to do, it's sort of a back burner issue until there's really political momentum behind it. 
So Laura, uh, as we saw last year with the 401k savings issue, there was a lot of talk about changing things. And then everyone here in Congress quickly backtracked when they realized the opposition that was coming from you know, their constituents. So wh what makes this year any different? And I, and I go back to 2018 being an election year. Is there really appetite for them to kind of mess around with retirement savings? Brady will need to be really careful. When tax reform, they were trying to use retirement savings as a pay-for. They wanted to do this thing called Rothification, which would basically make um, all 401k contributions or a certain percentage of 401k contributions taxable up front. Right now, you can put money into your retirement uh, account and you don't pay it until you withdraw it um, when you're in retirement. Um, I think what Brady's trying to do here is a little bit different. It's not trying to be a revenue raiser to pay for um, you know, business tax cuts, and that's where the opposition really really came in, but he needs to be careful that, pe that you know, groups like the AARP and, you know, other groups that, that represent, you know, savings, financial institutions that really care about this aren't going to look at this and say, look, this is a bad deal for, for savers. Um, and that's a really tricky political argument to make, especially when there's already uh, vast amounts of evidence out there that Americans aren't saving enough for retirement already with the current system. Ali, let's go to you next to wrap everything up. Uh, and let's talk about extenders and endowments. That was one of your topics that, that you discussed in, in your outlooks. And how are these being impacted in the wake of the new tax bill? So tax extenders is sort of, um, you know, something that's been discussed uh, for the last couple weeks, months. Um, and, you know, really the issue here is renewing expired tax breaks, especially ones that are important for the renewable energy sector. And, um, you know, there's been discussion of maybe including, they weren't included on this temporary spending bill, but there's been discussion about maybe including it on the next one. Um, there's kind of this short time period, though, to negotiate what's on that next bill. So it remains to be seen whether it's going to be overshadowed yet again by some of these other issues, immigration um, and what have you. Uh, but Senator Orrin Hatch did introduce a bill at the end of last December that would renew these tax breaks. Um, House Ways and Means uh, Chair Kevin Brady has been traditionally in the past or historically in the past um, sort of opposed to these types of um, temporary, you know, tax extenders. Uh, so we'll see if they can kind of come to agreement on on the path forward there. And then when we're talking about endowments, uh, so the tax bill included this 1.4% excise tax on, um, it applies to schools with endowments over a certain level and uh, students over a certain, the number of students over a certain level. Um, it was really unpopular with schools that have large endowments, you know, Yale, Harvard's, uh, the, the Stanford's of the world. And, um, you know, Representative Tom Reed from New York has uh, said that he may be open to introducing a bill that would suspend that new tax um, sort of in exchange for having more transparency of how these endowments are being used, uh, potentially having schools ensure that they'll go towards reducing tuition. Um, and so... He said he is currently floating some legislative text to some other offices uh, and expects to introduce some sort of legislation in spring to align with college graduation. So we'll have to see if there's any traction there. Um, but I think there is probably some interest among lawmakers to, uh, you know, eliminate or suspend this pretty unpopular tax. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. We look forward to you guys uh, continuing to report on these issues and tune in next time for another Hill Roundtable. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you for joining us today on Talking Tax. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloomberg Tax and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. 
It's been a pleasure having you here with us and tune in next time for even more analysis on the tax news of the day.